0: we've been talking about transformation. Now, just kind of a point of clarity, transformation and change sound like the same word, but, but they have a radically different spiritual connotation. So like change can happen and it could be temporary. Change could happen and it could be momentary. Transformation is something that's inside work. So transformation is something that happens and it stays. There's, there's a stickiness to transformation. So, when we've talked about transformation over the past few weeks, I I think sometimes for many of us, it sounds almost mystical. It's like, you know, Chuck, it's "Mm." mmm, but true transformation is truly an inside job that never really stops. Like, when, when we choose to be transformed, it is indeed, like Zach was talking about earlier, it is a choice that we make. Let me take you back to Romans chapter 12, verse 2. If we went back a few weeks ago in my conversation with Julie Honrich, it says this when Paul's speaking to the Romans, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you'll learn how, or you'll know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. I mean this is just a recipe for how we are to be transformed now while this transforming and while this transformation is very attainable for any of us it is not simple it is attainable it is not simple but i'll promise you it is very deliberate when we are transformed it is because we have done a few things and we consistently do a few things Now, to help us along this way, one of the things that happens in our life as we continue to transform is as we grow to become more like Christ, the easier it is for us to surrender our will and take on God's will for our life. The less we surrender, the less we transform. The less we transform, the less we walk like Christ. The less we walk like Christ, the more difficult and more challenging our life becomes. Are you with me? Okay. Are you with me? Okay, good. I I need y'all to talk back to me a little bit. The nine o'clock crowd, they just won't do it. I mean, it's like I'm ready to give out $10 bills if somebody would just talk back to me, right? So I'm counting on 11 o'clock to fuel me up because after nine, I am drained, right? So when we transform, what's happening is there's work happening within us. But all of that comes down to one question. Are you ready? The one question for you today is this, what do you really think about God? I mean, at the end of the day, this one question is what settles so much of our life. What is it that you really think about God? When you think about God, is he a cosmic figurehead that you have no personal attachment to? Is it possible that you believe God's holding out on you, or maybe he's playing with you, or if he's so loving, why do natural disasters happen in the world? Or maybe you think of him as creator and sustainer of life, but distant from you, like there's some big COVID shield between you and God. Maybe you think you've made so many goofball decisions in your life that God's done with you. You've already had your shot and you blew it. Maybe you think God loves you and has a plan for you, but you can't fully trust God because you never fully surrendered and experienced all that he has for you. But before transformation can truly happen, something else must happen. Now, if you don't hear anything else I say today, I urge you to lean in and grasp this. This one thing can, like Bobby said, it can radically change your world. And that is this. Are you ready? You must settle in your heart what you truly, earnestly believe about God. Now, you can't do it corporately. The church can't do it for you. Your family can't do it for you. You may have an entire world praying for you, but you have to make that choice individually. You've got to settle in your heart who God is to you And you've got to settle in your heart what you believe about God. Because when you do, you'll realize that he loves you so much. He has an incredible path for your life. He holds a place for you should you choose to trust him. He wants to pour out his abundant, joy-filled life upon you, but you have to settle in your heart who he is. Otherwise, transformation could become change for change's sake, not always healthy, not necessarily holy, not often wholesome, and certainly not sustainable. So to help us understand more of who God truly is, maybe what we ought to do is go back and see what God has to say about himself. So I want to take you back to the book of Exodus, all the way back This story that I'm about to read in Exodus chapter 34 is after the Israelites, after God has led them by using Moses away from the Egyptians, they've already had the plagues, they've already walked through the dry land where God has separated the Red Sea, they've already gotten thirsty and got water from a rock, they've already got hungry and received manna and quail from heaven, they've already gotten to where they're wandering in the wilderness, Moses has already been on the mountaintop with God one time, and now he's back a second time to receive the Ten Commandments. So to give you the background on this, understand that while God and Moses are having this conversation, the people of Israel are in the valley, and they've already given up on God once again, and they're choosing to worship a golden calf. Now, you could say those have got to be the dumbest human beings that have ever walked the face of the planet. Well, before you throw a lot of stones at the Israelites, let me remind you that we do the same thing day after day after day. We haven't changed much in our humanity and the way we act toward God because what they chose to do was to walk away from God after they had physically seen the Red Sea part, after they had physically seen the plagues wash over the Egyptians but spare them. They had seen all that, the food from heaven, the water from a rock. They had experienced all that, but they went ahead and rebelled against God again. And then in Exodus 34, God describes himself as he walks with Moses, and the text says, beginning in verse 6, the Lord passed in front of moses calling out yahweh the lord the god of compassion and mercy i am slow to anger god says and filled with unfailing love and faithfulness i lavish unfailing love to a thousand generations i forgive iniquity rebellion and sin come on God reveals to Moses himself in this way. Am I the only one that finds a relief that God says of himself, he's slow to anger? I mean, am I the only one that thinks, you know, I am so grateful God still is in the forgiveness business? Am I the only one that thinks to myself, I'm so glad that when I act like the people of Israel, God is still willing to love me and tolerate me and accept me and bring me back into the fold? God reveals himself and says to Moses here are these 10 commandments, but what he's really saying is, in spite of the fact that they have left me, I will never leave them. Now, you could say, well, well Chuck, but that was God then, not today. No, 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 no. Because the picture here is the fact the people of God in the time when such was written are no different than the children of God today. God is saying to you today the very same thing he said to those people. You see, the book of Exodus is not just a story of what happened to the Jewish people through the escape out of the Egyptians' hands. It is a story about our people and how through Jesus we can escape how sin has trapped us and enslaved us, that it is a walk away from everything the world offers to everything God offers is a walk away from everything that includes death and destruction to everything that includes life and abundance. Everything God says to the people of Israel, he says to you today. And he says, as he describes himself, I am a God of compassion, I am gracious, and I am forgiving. Come on. Does anyone here believe a sigh of relief that all the junk that you thought that you did, that you said, that you wanted to do, that you wished you'd done or you did this week, God still says, you're my kid. Come on. Now, you might be here today and you'd say, well, you know what, Chuck, I like it when you preach hard. I like it when you point out people's sin. I like it when you get people all riled up and fired up. And what I'd say to you is there's really one good reason you get it fired up, that God still loves you. That... That despite the sinful choices of those people, God still said, come on, you're my people. And despite of our week today, he says, come on, you're my people. That God looks at us and that's pretty awesome, isn't it? I mean, they wanted water and God provided it from a rock. I mean, that's pretty awesome, right? I mean, they needed food and God provided manna and quail. Come on, that's pretty good, right? And you're wondering, well, Chuck, I don't really know whether I'd dig manna or not. Just think of manna like warm Krispy Kremes and you got it. It's like a, a God that would love you that much, that would bring you hot and fresh right now, laying out every morning, bless the Lord, oh my soul. I mean, this is what it must have been like. They, these people, the soles of their shoes never even wore out after all these years of wandering. The God himself is saying over and over and over again, I keep providing these miracles for you. Where are you? Because God says, this is who I am. I am compassionate. I am gracious. I am slow to anger. I am abounding in love. I am faithful and I am forgiving. This is a God that looks at you and says, I don't care what you've done. I don't care where you're at. I love you. Listen, those folks then and us today, we don't deserve his glory. And we can't earn his glory. This is who God is. We cannot deserve it. We cannot earn it. There is no possible way he could not be the heavenly father of all creation, the creator and sustainer of all. If you're wondering today, well, who is God? He is everything he said and then some. And he's just waiting on you to claim it. He's just waiting on you to say, God, I I trust you. God, I'm, I'm surrendering my life to you. Remember, with with submission. God, I surrender, I transform. When I surrender and I transform, I live more like Christ. When I live more like Christ, I'm experiencing the goodness and the glory of God. So why in the world do I need to be a preacher that screams and shouts to you about sin when the choice is the goodness and the grace and the power and the glory of God? I'd rather you experience that than for me to say, I want you to have one of those death row experiences. I want you to experience the joy of God, the beauty of God because there's God's glory everywhere you turn. I spoke to a man just last week, sitting at a, at a mixer around a pool in my neighborhood. The guy said, I grew up Jewish, I married a Catholic girl, we sent our kids to private school, and I just cannot do organized religion, Chuck, I just can't do it. I mean, when people know you're a pastor at a party, it's like the plague. <laughs> Don't talk to him, that's no fun. I have determined I'm never gonna be that pastor. Like, I I mean, I'm gonna talk and be normal because I can love God with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind, and all my strength and not be a weirdo. You really don't have to do that. And I'm I'm standing there talking and I said, you know what, God doesn't think a whole lot about organized religion either. He looked at me like I had 10 heads. It's like, you can't say stuff like that, you're a pastor. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure God doesn't give a hoot about how we have organized church. I'm pretty sure God doesn't care that you've been to church. I know this, right now, God loves you, right now. In this moment, right now, God loves you. He kind of cocked his head like this and he said, does he really? And I said, let me ask you a question. Take a deep breath. I said, man, that's a gift from God. I said look at that pool in a few months it's gonna be hot as blazes out here and me and you we're gonna sit here and we're gonna get in that pool you know what that is I said gift from God I said man look at your wife you clearly don't deserve her that's a gift from God <laughs> I mean he was with me finally he looked at me said, so, you know I could do church like that and I thought to myself me too because listen to me that fella doesn't need more church that guy just needs the goodness of God that guy, that guy doesn't need me to scream at him. That guy needs me to introduce him to Jesus. That guy doesn't need us to holler at him about how whacked out his life is. I a matter of fact, I told him, I said, you come on to Sugar Hill. My church is filled with whacked out people. I said, I'm the most whacked out of all of them. And he looked at me and said, you really are. Well, bless the Lord. I don't know, y'all. This, this is who God is. He's gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, forgiving and abounding in love and faithfulness. Our God is glorious. How do you not surrender? How how do you not move toward him? Because everything about him is attractive. And I get it, man. Listen, transformation is nonstop. It's not like this happens one time and you're done. I mean, this is kind of what the American church has turned transformation into. It's like, name it, claim it, you've done it, you're good. It's like, okay, some of y'all, many of y'all watching online or in the room, many of you right now are like, but Chuck, I gave my life to Jesus when I was a kid in Sunday school. I I gave my heart to Christ at a youth camp. I I chose Christ and I prayed a prayer at a Billy Graham crusade. Chuck, I prayed with you three weeks ago, but, but there's no transformation happening in your life and you're troubling, and you're trying to wrestle in your soul, but where is God? Because I want all this transformation. I want everything he offers. All this that you're talking about, God, Chuck, I want that, but I don't experience it day by day by day. Let me go back to the simplicity found here. Surrender. God, I surrender. I'm giving my will to you. I'm going to trust you with my life. Transformation happens and never stops, and as we continue to transform, we begin to walk and talk and act more like Christ. It's not the other way around. God's not here to make you change the way you act and then transform and then surrender. It's the opposite so much of us we spend our time talking about how somebody looks or what they said or how they acted or what they dressed like or what they drank or what they ate or who they hung out with or what they spent their money on we spend all our time on this one because we can see it with the naked human eye but god is saying wait a minute wait a minute these changes happen not because you want to impress somebody and look like a christian because those changes are change but when you surrender and you transform then those changes happen stop thinking that you're going to make these changes and then god's going to honor and transform you and then you're going to surrender this is not how god works we surrender and he begins the practice of transformation in our life and then all those actions follow you say, well, Chuck, listen, I know people over here that claim to be a Christian, but they just don't act like it, Chuck. I mean, Chuck, did you see what they said? Did you, did you see what they said on Facebook? Did, do you know who they hang out with? Do you know how much they drink? Do you know how much they dip? Do you know how much... blah, 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 blah. And all the while, I think what Jesus is saying, but remember, all this change over here, it's not on you. Let me deal with the change. You you surrender. Let my spirit work inside of you and transform, and all this other stuff will happen because when you get me in the right priority of your life, that transformation is never going to change, and that change is always going to happen, and you know what? You're fallible. You're human. Weird junk's going to happen in your life. You're going to lose it. You're going to have times where literally you're going to cuss a blue streak, And you're going to think to myself, I just ruined my testimony. And God's going to say, no, just surrender. Let me transform, and the change will happen. Guys, stop stop looking at the world and their action and start surrendering your own life and let transformation happen in your life, and then watch how you'll see the world differently. This is the work of God. It's kind of like... when I was a when I was a teenager, man, I wanted an Oldsmobile 442 in the worst kind of way. Any of y'all remember what an Olds 442 would have looked like back in the day? I mean, that's a bad boy. I mean, like when I turn on Jenny's Honda CRV, it sounds like this. My mother had a sewing machine with more house power than that. When when I drive her CRV, I I literally feel like I'm I'm a fourth-grade boy again, and my voice is trying to find itself. But if you were to crank up a really sharp 442, when you turn that old key, I mean, the kind where you had to put the key in the door to unlock it, are you all with me? And you put it in there, and you cranked it. You know, when you first cranked it, it was like a little eee. You know, and then all of a sudden, it kicked, and it was wah 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 Tell me you just don't feel like killing a bear after that, Right? But what if you found an old 442 sitting out beside a barn, and you had a leak in the windshield, and it it was all kind of gross inside, and it sat outside like this picture, and it started to rust and corrode, and it was gross inside, and I mean, that... That drop top had leaks, and it had bird poo, and rat poo, and all kind of bat poo, and it was just gross. I mean, it was just a nasty vehicle, and you you hired a tow truck, and you brought it home, and you said to your spouse, baby, it's all yours. (laughs) Don't do that. Don't do that. Take it to the shop, and go to work on it, because with a little little bit of degreaser and a little bit of elbow grease and some new parts and some restructuring of some old parts and a new carpet package in there and redoing the seats and taking everything out of that motor and rebuilding it and getting that transmission back in, put that hearse shifter in with the white knob on top and make sure you got some ZZ Top playing loud on the stereo and you drop the top and when you crank it up, it's like, And it looks like this. Now we are talking. You know what that car screams if you're a 17-year-old? I'm making out with somebody tonight. (laughs) If you're 40-something, I dare you to go parking this week baby, we need to do that. Would that be awesome if a Gwinnett County officer rolled up on me and you? That'd be awesome right there. Can you see the headline in the Gwinnett Post? Pastor Sugar Hill Church making out with his wife at 61. You know what I'd think about that? Glory! That's way off my notes. But It's going to take some time to clean that 442 up, am I right? It's going to take some time to transform me and you, am I right? For some of us, it's going to take a lot of work to get us to new shape, am I right? But you know what? we got to learn to have a little patience because our God is slow to anger, but he is filled with transformation when we surrender. But it's going to take a few things to get there. You know, it's got to take a firm belief that you can change. Because you've got to settle what you really believe about God and what he can do. It takes an intentionality to see that change is taking place, that this is happening over the course of time. But could I just stop and say, there's one thing about accountability. It's another thing to weaponize accountability and let yourself look at other people that need to change instead of focusing on you. Ouch. And then finally, you've got to have some consistency to keep letting the work happen. It's got to let the work keep going. Once we set our hearts and our minds on who God actually is, we can then see what God has actually done. And we can have a firm belief that we can be transformed. We can indeed change for our good and for his glory. Who doesn't want to change for our own good? And though we're still flawed, imperfect humans, when we wait upon the Lord, the prophet Isaiah says in Isaiah 40, have you never heard Have you never understood the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth? He never grows weak or weary. No one can measure the depth of his understanding. He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youths will become weak and tired and young men will fall in exhaustion. But those who trust in the Lord surrender, transformation, and change. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They'll soar high on wings like eagles. They'll run and not grow weary, and they'll walk and not faint. Have you misunderstood who God is? In the midst of all of our junk and our brokenness, let God come and stand with you today. Because he is for you. He is always for you. Today is the day to stop running from God. Confess your sin and run into his compassion and his grace and his forgiveness. Go another chapter into Isaiah, and he says, don't be afraid. This is God speaking. Don't be afraid. Remember, this is God speaking. Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged. I am your God. I will strengthen you, and I will help you, and I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. Let the God of all creation, let the Lord and King hold you in the palm of his hand and let you surrender so that he can transform because he is compassionate gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He is always faithful and always forever forgiving. My friend, he offers you a love that is reckless. The world offers you a love that's conditional. Most of us as human offer other humans conditional love. As long as things go our way, we're good. And God comes along and says, throw all those norms out. I'm offering you a reckless love It is unconditional. No matter where you've been, where you are, where you're headed, I will meet you where you're at. I'm not asking you to change. I'm asking you to surrender. And as you surrender, I'll transform and leave the change to me. That reckless love comes on you, and he says, right now, in this moment, if you're sitting at home, if you're in a hotel, if you're in your car, if you're at a campground, or you're in this room, God is saying, I offer you a reckless love right now. No matter who you are, where you're at and you say you know what chuck i want some of that reckless love now watch this i'm not asking you to bow your head i'm just asking you to look right here if you want some of that reckless love it is so easy for you to receive it watch this the bible says call on the name of the lord he didn't tell you to walk an aisle. He didn't tell you that you had to join a certain church. He didn't say any of that stuff. He didn't say you had to give to some preacher. He didn't say you had to do, he, had, he never even said you had to do the change part. He said, You call on the name of the Lord. Now, watch this. When you call on the name of the Lord, what you're actually doing is you're saying, I surrender. I, I'm giving you my whole life. God is all yours. And then he starts this process of transforming your 442. And all that change, leave it to him. Leave it to him. Because he's the only one that's going to make this world better. And he's the only one going to make you better. Surrender, transform, and let him do the change. And you call on the Lord when you say, God, I want your reckless love. Step into my life. I need you right now. And if that's your prayer, let this song solidify that in your heart. Let this reckless love wash over you. Let it get into your pores. Let it get down to a molecular level. Let it get into the nooks and the cranny of your soul. And when you get there, just let it overwhelm you. And receive the overwhelming, reckless love of God. Father, we praise you in this place. We recognize we need to surrender to your reckless love. Lord, unload your blessing and your hope and your grace upon this place and the folks watching online. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship, church. Let's worship. Church. Yeah. Come on, church. Before I spoke a word, you were singing over He's singing over you. you right now. Just receive it. You have been so so good to me. Draw that breath in. Before I took a breath. Your life Come on, church. You have been so, so, so kind to me. Yeah. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. Oh, it chases Let me him chase you down, down, fights. could earn it, I don't deserve, deserve it. it, still you Woo. give yourself, yeah. oh the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love come on church, come on church, receive it today, come on church, come on worship him today church, yeah, Chasing you down. Now is your foe still, still you love? I love it that he fights for us. You have been so so good. Yeah, he has. Draw that breath. So, so kind to me. Come on, church. Let's take it down just a minute, Zach. Just a minute. I don't want to leave y'all with my regular blessing today. I'm telling you, man, this is... I want you to walk out of this building today. And I want you to walk out and get your chest poked out a little bit and get your chin up. Matter of fact, you want to walk out and rip that mask off, knock yourself out. But walk out of here knowing that God has chased you down that he might kick every door in. He might climb every mountain that's needed to chase you down. He left the 99 to find you. He came to unpack reckless love on you. But watch this. He came so that he could bless you. Come on. Let's let's be blessed together, come on. Let's be blessed together. Come on, Zach. Lead us. Oh, we trust you, God. see this promise that comes straight from the word of God. Amen. Amen. Oh, we trust you, God. Yeah. Teach us to trust you. Lift your hands to this one, y'all. Lift your hands to the Lord. receive this blessing. Be gracious. Face And peace. Receive it, church. Let it be so. you in every way. And may you experience the peace that only he can bring. Today, may the Lord richly bless you and you go in peace. God bless you.